It's time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. For the latest news and information about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 368. Thank you to the good people at Netgear and Uniden. We've abandoned the EFTM studio. We've abandoned the Tech Guide Theatre and Studio. Stephen, welcome to Seoul, South Korea. Seoul. <laughs> Seoul, South Korea, yes. We are staring out at a lovely, lovely little landscape. Trevor, well, it's autumn, autumn yeah, it's here, looks nice out so here. The, uh, the trees are beginning to... Uh, Lose their leaves and change colours. It's uh, it is pretty beautiful. I'll be it's honest. It's a nice day today. It was a little bit cold. They did say it was going to be cold enough for a jacket, but we're, the, we're, the two blokes endured without a jacket. We travelled uh, as guests of Samsung, and we'll talk about them in a second. But um, it, yes, pre-briefing, uh, you know, there was an email or a text or something sent just before we left. Saying, "Listen, just so you know, it's cold. It's yeah. cold over there." Wow. And so I've they've gone. It's like ten degrees max. So I've packed my Barcelona jacket, weather. which is like full-on snow weather. <laughs> and I've got here, and the two of us have walked out on the first day to the bus. There's like four other people here. They're all in, you know, huge George Costanza Gore-Tex jackets. And here we are in just shirts. And they've got, new yeah. jacket! And I've got, no, nah, mate, mate, we're, we're good. good. We're good. good. We're from Australia. We we're don't need rock a jacket. solid here. <laughs> it, so it's bloody cold, but uh, not awful. It's not, it's not awful. I don't consider this. It takes a lot to get a jacket on me. And yeah, I'm self-insulated. I'm self-insulated, yeah, so there's too. no real issue. Me too. Anyway, um, so we're we're here to bring you the latest in tech news from the week, and we'll kick it off, Stephen, with why we are here. Uh, in part, um, we uh, we've been the guests of Samsung for a couple of days. We've actually spent a couple of days at Samsung's headquarters, and the the standout thing for me that's worth and uh, able to be talked about right now is we heard from a neuroscientist. A neurologist, a cognitive neurologist. Cognitive neuroscientist. Um, just unbelievable smart bloke. Uh, and he was talking to us about the benefits of what he called super resolution. Yes. As in anything super detailed, high definition, over and above what we're getting today, even with 4K. So obviously that's tainted or, or um, pegged around Samsung's 8K announcement that happened at IFA yeah. in it Berlin. It makes it relevant, doesn't it? And... And it actually had more future thought than that too because he said things like, you know, this won't be the last. We could go to 1632K infinity. And it was fascinating because it's one of those moments where you go, are they just wheeling this bloke out because it justifies, you know, what they're doing with 8K? Or is there something in it? And I've got to be honest, I left thinking, wow, there's really something in this. Yeah, it changed my thoughts on how we view things. And, And I think the takeaway for both of us was that, you th- you just assume that it's your eye that does the viewing, but mm. it's, it's actually your eyes look, but it's your brain that sees. It sees, yes. You're that, right. That's just fascinating. I think, and it wasn't a bag fest. They weren't trying to bag other people, but that, the point was made that Apple has, for a long time now, um, yeah. played up the, the term the retina screen. That's, they own that term. Um, and the idea of a retina screen is it's it's so detailed, there's so much resolution there that the human eye can't discern one pixel from another. And the best way of remembering that is if you think back to a to a lower quality screen, you know the the edges of a, of a letter, the edges of, of words yeah, of were, were jagged, yeah. Yeah. and uh, and you don't get that on a retina display. 
So he was saying that, you know, the retina in our eyes um, has a certain resolution capability. And it is true that you you could make it 8K, 16K, 32K, and your eyes won't won't see the difference in pixels. They're not they're yeah. not going to see that there's more or less pixels on the screen. But what they can do is send that image to your brain, and as you say, your brain's doing the actual seeing, and your brain is able to discern more from the picture because of the detail. And I think yeah. depth was where he <clears throat> talked about that being critical. So your eye can cannot really discern the difference between one picture and another, but your brain can determine that there's actually depth in this image. And that's yeah. going to add, that's why the higher resolutions will add more reality to an image. Yeah, and, and he was saying that, yeah, beyond that retinal capacity, so yeah, there will be that point where your eyes are thinking, well, this doesn't look any different Yeah, that's than as me. good as it gets. He, uh, he said that that's still the brain could still pick up that, that, that depth perception and spatial recognition and also, too, he said that your brain, when looking at a lower resolution screen, maybe with pixelation and noise, actually has to work harder. And, mm. he, and he said, he said, that's why you'll find that you become fatigued or tired watching poor pixelated images for a long time because your brain's working harder. Mm. So he, he's, he said that watching 8K is a lot easier on your brain. You, 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 got, you can expend more energy actually enjoying the story and the narrative mm. rather than trying to focus on what you're actually seeing. And, you know, look, to be clear, this gentleman had done a lot of um, reading. He hadn't done – he hasn't done physical research of his own yet. He just read every paper under the sun yeah. on these things. But So it's not like we can say to you we that There's no human testing at that the you'll, moment. You'll, you'll utilise, you know, six less brain cells or, you know, X amount of energy more or less watching 4K versus 8K. Yeah. The, you, you may not notice the difference in your tired state from watching a standard definition to an 8K, but the point being that the brain is doing less work because it's not required yeah. to do as much work because he talked about how – Basically, the, the higher the resolution, the less loss there is in the picture. And yeah. therefore, the less work the brain needs to do to try and kind of patch that back together yeah. and understand what to it's To try saying. to create. So the brain, what I took out of it too, is he was saying your brain creates the 3D map that you're looking at. So mm. you, even when we're looking here in reality, your brain is creating the image in front of you, the range, the perspective, yeah. and all of that. And the clearer that information, the faster it can recognize it and appreciate it. And, and I was interested when he was saying that the, you can the, it adds more depth to the image. Like mm. That was one thing I remember when 4K became was was introduced. That and and you know this is 3D aside, nothing to do with 3D, but you could seem to look into the image more. Yes, I think that's what he was getting at. So yeah. with 8K, imagine how much better that's going to be. It's kind of the, the you're not looking at a flat image anymore, but your brain is thinking you're looking into this world. Yeah, I I was fascinated by. It. I mean, he he realised early on we were not neuroscientists, and therefore really he had it to pull back on the nerdism. He knew that straight away. Uh, yeah, he was pretty <laughs> early on. Um, <laughs> but he he had a remember he started talking about the J and D, the J and D this and the J and D that, and then he said we looked at him and, and he's like the just noticeable differences. differences. And he said it's a well-used and, for many yeah. years, term, J-N-D. And so he gave us an example. It's very hard to articulate here on a podcast. But he gave us an example of all these lines on a screen. And what he'd done is lay out a bunch of lines in PowerPoint. And they were, let's say, they were all three pixels apart. Uh, and then he moved one of the lines in the middle just a pixel to the left. And mm. it's, it's your brain's ability to go, hang on, there's something different there that um, that I can notice that allows us to say, well, hang on a minute, those five lines are not spaced the same. Yeah. And those are the little things that improve with high resolution so yeah. that your brain can 
actually get those just noticeable differences from yeah, you can the receive average the cues. picture. It's like a cue that your mm. brain receives. But yeah, it, it was an interesting chat, and I, I like the fact that he was saying that we. I asked. I think I asked the question. So, well, surely eight K is the limit? And he yeah. was saying, well, no, no. Well, we can. We will be seeing. 16K and 32K, and your brain can appreciate the difference. Your eyes might not, mm. but your brain, he said the, I think, what was the line he used? The the limit is the reality. I think, is that what he said? So there, yes. there is kind of well, whatever I said, you want to build. I said, mate, what's the resolution out the window? He goes, infinite. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. and it's a, the, the examples that, that now, it's interesting. We, we when, when I look at a TV for picture quality, I often go too close and try and work out where, how, mm. how well I can see the pixels. But now, and I said this in my, my article, actually now I realize you've got to stand back. Mm. Don't, I'm, not, I'm no longer going to try and look for the pixels. I'm going to stand back and look for the depth. I'm going to stand back yeah. and look for those J and Ds because um, the best example is that straight line. You know, When you see a straight line in the real world and then you tilt it by five degrees, it still looks like a straight, straight line on an angle. Yeah. But on a computer screen, a television screen, when you tilt a line, you get, it's, it becomes a, a stepladder. It becomes mm-hmm. a, a series of staggers up a line because you know, it's, it's a series of square pixels that, that are drawing this thing. So the more pixels there are, the straighter that line and the more yeah. realistic that line becomes. And, and also, too, the, he, he was sort of saying, remember when he, he gave the example of a, a 4K image or a 1K image, remember the picture he took in Paris? Yeah. The one, and so on the side of this building, which was at an angle. so it Like it corrugated was, line yeah, running, running It was angled so that you could see the perspective and you, you could tell it was, it was bigger at this end and that end, so you're closer and the depth of the image. But then the lower the resolution the more noise appeared. Remember, so the mm. surfaces started to get these little, well, I think, what do you call them? Moya, Moya patterns. Mm. So that you, you, it can, could confuse your brain. But at higher resolution, that's not an issue. Yeah. So it, it, your brain has less effort to work I, out what it's looking at. I think a lot of lot, what we're saying to people might sound like, you know, yeah, it's not rocket science, mate. That's obviously, it's going to look science, better, actually. right? It's not, it, of course, <laughs> 8K is going to look better. Yeah. There's no doubting that. But I think, what this started me on the journey of thinking is, why does it look better to us? Yeah. Uh, and it, and the fact is, it's more than just the pixels. And and the whole retina versus higher numbers mm. is now a critical thing to me. Now, I don't expect Apple need to ha- have a higher resolution iPad because the iPad is not a not yeah, a not a TV screen, and you're looking yeah. at it so closely. I'm talking about television here, and the idea that the retinal count in terms of the number of pixels is can be exceeded and you can still get a better quality. That's what we're trying I, I to I think it's also going to answer the question for people, well, why, what could I possibly need in 8K when 4K, I've got 4K. Hmm. So people are thinking, well, 4K, that's enough. Yeah, I think and, that- and for some people, look, for some people, of course it'll be enough. And he also mentioned the fact that different people have the ability to see different things. Yeah. Like you perceive things like, my wife would sit there and say, can you see how good this image is, 4K? She goes, yeah, it's okay. And I'm yeah. thinking, I'm Where, picking out all the details and all the things. It was and, interesting to me because yeah. I put the Foxtel 4K on the lounge room TV the other day and I was flicking, it was a f- soccer match? Cricket? No, no, no. I was flicking between uh, channels, uh, the the high definition the stand, standard and the 4K. And Jackson was like, oh, that's good. But even Amanda said, just look at the grass. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's often where you'll see the resolution is because yeah. the grass is something that gets merged together through mm. pixels. Um, so yeah, I think, but I think obviously the challenge now that we've established kind of this concept, the challenge now is, you know, how, what will the messaging be next year around 8K, around you know, with the content, the, uh, the upscaling, all that kind of stuff. There's a lot. To, there's a lot still to be. A lot of questions yeah. still to be answered by the industry, and it's obviously but, Samsung is the the kind of leader in this space now. Um, but I, I give it time. But yeah, exactly. But I, I think 
that that's the that's the challenge that's that Samsung and these other brands when they eventually bring their 8K t- 8K TVs out is people going to say why mm. why do I need that uh, because you know I've I've got 4K you know this sort of information well, we've barely got 4K yeah, that's that's this, the point yeah well but this sort of information people think well okay if I can if the experience is better for you the you, the your viewing experience is no doubt going to be better. Not not only with yes, it is with your eye, but also these these things we're talking about for your brain. Mm. So th- that that's that in itself, I think, is a selling point. So that, that Samsung might say, you know, the, their the slogan might be "8K TV, your brain will love it." Good for your brain, as well as your eyes. I can't imagine that playing well in a marketing <laughs> sense. Maybe not. I'm just joking. Stick to your day job, mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I know. Well, I think. But studies like this, when and you know, I love it when people can illustrate and explain how this works. And this is a sort of thing that, and uh, uh, pardon the pun, is an eye opener. It's well, it's actually yeah. a brain opener. Hmm. But it, it, it's fascinating to think that. And what we're getting at this whole segment is the fact that we see with our brain, not with our eye. That's right. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, it's fascinating stuff. It was it was yeah. a useful useful thing to learn while we're here in in Seoul, and no doubt there'll be a lot of big things yeah. to come out of Samsung and all the other companies. CES this year is going to be fascinating. It because, is, yeah, because of the new structure of the world. Uh, not not polit- politically, but in terms of tech announcements, the fact that Samsung went early with eight K, yeah, uh, at IFA. To do such a global launch, well, it wasn't global, but Europe and the US have got that product now yeah. in market. To do an announce a product like that in such an early part of the year, you know, September, compared well, to normally January, um, just sets the cat amongst the pigeons with what they do at CES. Like, what, yeah, it, what it's is sort, CES it sort of prefaced it, yes. CES will be all 8K. I think, I think Samsung, no doubt, they're a leader, right? number one. And they, they said, right, 8K, we're going to own it at IFA, and they did. And I think other companies like I think Hisense and LG kind of panicked and thought, oh, God, we better do something then to be mm. in the game. So Samsung tipped their hand early. They showed what they're doing. But I think CES, it'll be, it'll be 70% 8K, 30% the rest. And yeah. there, there's things that we, we can't talk about that we've seen here that we will reveal at CES. But it is uh, just, just t- commenting about the culture of the company i think we got a bit of an insight into samsung hmm. their this this pursuit of excellence they've got in all their departments tvs especially very competitive market but it's this relentless pursuit of perfection they want to get better yeah and they, they're, they're never they're never satisfied they i think every every company would argue they have that I, yeah. I just think that from a ces perspective um i'm fascinated because you remember last year too samsung had a separate TV launch. Now, if they do that again next year, it means that that's happening either side of CES. They announced 8K yeah. at IFA. If they were to do another separate TV launch, that's after after CES. So it, it just begs the question, what is CES for Yeah, uh, in well, that sense? Samsung will still be dominant at CES. You know, their, their booth is massive. They're, they're going to own CES again, hmm. but they're sharing that airtime with other companies. So hmm. CES is not just for Samsung. Yeah. I think the reason they have their global launch is say, right, this is our own airtime. Mm. Here's what we're doing. Here's a little bit more information about what we've already launched. Yeah. So uh, I'd say I, the, it's obvious that's going to happen again next year. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how many models others... Because if, you, yeah. if you're um, even a high sense, but certainly an LG, if you come to CES with one 8K model, uh, that's a failure. Yeah, because uh, Samsung have multiple have in the market five. already. They already and have three or four in the Europe. Four, I think. Yeah, and and depending on our market, depending on what market you're in, will determine the size TV yeah, that totally. we'll, we'll be giving you. So, 
I'm hoping that Australians we get the big the big boys. Oh, uh, I think there's my feeling is that the way that the retailers operate, let alone yeah, the electronics yeah, companies, is they're always trying to push you to the higher end. So I think they're quite happy to have these, you know, affordable TV products, then these premium TV products, and I think this will be ultra premium. And that's oh yeah, they're just looking to have it'll a, be a good, new price better, bracket. best, and really, really, really best. So yeah. that, that'll be the eight K category, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see. And the reason we were talking earlier about how your brain can appreciate the 8K TV is because the fact that the sort of the elephant in the room is that there's no content yet for 8K. Yeah. Yet. So again, and that's again that's a question yeah. for another day. Is how yeah. how well um, each of the TVs from different companies cope with in mm. input content. Again, we saw that at and, and upscaling. Again, we, we saw that well. at, yeah. at IFA. Yeah. Samsung had this great demo at IFA where you pressed a button. One was one was for 421. One was for um, 721 for 1080, um, and it would show you and how it 4K. would upscale it. Um, and it was it was a very good demo. Now, my problem is demos are demos. Uh, you know, we need to see it in the lounge room. You know, yeah. This is not this is not pitching for a TV. This is it. Do, do, it, <laughs> yes, it, it is. really really matters <laughs> what an 8K TV is going to do to a standard definition and a high definition free to air signal. Yeah, that's always been there. Has always been upscaling, but I think. There's never been a bigger need for it now. With no, 8K, right. such a big jump. 8K and massive screens. Yeah, and a big screen. So big screen, four times 4K. So if ever you need upscaling, it's now. We've had upscaling before, and people thought, eh, it's okay. Yeah. There wasn't a, the demand, the, um, the, the need to go for it to be used so broadly. Like the jump from HD to 4K is still four times, but the 4K to 8K jump is way bigger. Mm. So there's never been a time when you needed upscaling more. Mm. There is upscaling now. 4K upscaling is pretty good, actually, from on depending on the TVs and projectors you use. But yeah. if we need it, we definitely need it for 8K. All righty Well, we'll uh, obviously be at CES to report on all those things. And in the meantime, if you want a bit of an insight into the brain and how it works, uh, techguy.com.au and eftm.com if you want to see our thoughts on the, the brain dude. That we, we spoke to, yes. Brain dude, yes. Brain man. So, we're, yeah, so we're, no stings. We're going to keep going through, mate. Well, how am I going to do stings, mate? We're in salt. <laughs> okay, just asking. Jeez, don't get Jeez. angry at me. Don't get angry at me, Trent. I just wanted to ask the question. Mate, I didn't post-production. Want to, I didn't want to get the dagger eyes if I just continued through a sting. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? Netgear. Netgear have just released a new Orbi product. And if you've got Orbi already, how good is it? The tri-mesh Wi-Fi system creates great coverage in your home. Well, there's another Orbi product, the Orbi Outdoor Satellite. So this is like an additional satellite to your existing Orbi system yep. that goes in the backyard. This is weatherproof, this baby. So mm. you can put it in the backyard. It'll then reach out into, into your yard, to your pool, to your shed, to your garage. So you're going to get full coverage. And now coming into summer... That's going to be better than ever because you, know, you buy you're the, the pool. Back streaming Spotify yeah, by the Barbie. Well, you've got music to your speakers. You've got maybe streaming, maybe the cricket or something by the pool, whatever you're doing. You're also, and this is, I reckon, probably one of the more important uses, is that you're also linking your security cameras. So you might have security cameras in your yard looking back at your house. Well, or, I was going to say yeah. security cameras, but also just other internet of things devices. So minor, minor Tatmo uh, weather gauges, yes. the, wind, the wind and uh, rain gauge, are actually in the far corner of my yard. Yeah. Now, fortunately... My yard isn't as deep as as others, so it actually I yeah. think it's just so it still in reception. Gets up. Yeah, right. um, but it, it it can drop this out. This will consolidate so it will, big time. And you know, think about um, 
you know, internet controlled lighting that can be yeah. now be outdoor based. Yeah, yard. Yeah. So many cool things can now and happen. It is, it is, is it IP56 rated so that you can have it out? You can mount it on the side of your house. Yes, it's got uh, a wall mounting and a, yeah. and a little And there's stand. a light on it as well. There's like a, a night light. So it, it can, can give you illumination. You know what they should have done? Well. They, should have, they should have turned it into a bug zapper. Yeah. Bug zapper and Wi Fi and speaker one. too. Well, that's another product. Well, You've got an yeah. interior one. But maybe no, the mate, outdoor one? The, bug zapper. The, <laughs> the, the Orby Voice. Maybe they need an Orby Voice outdoor as well so that you can have maybe. the you know, speaker outside as well. My only challenge here is it's $549. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, not cheap. It's not cheap. Uh, you've really got to want Wi Fi in the backyard. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing is this works with, with a normal router. With a normal router. Yeah, so, you have it like an extender. Yeah, yeah but it. it it's it, it it does the it does the Orbi job of extending in terms yeah. of creating a, 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 a single network. It's it's a very smart way to extend yeah. your network uh, with because see a Wi-Fi extender are normally quite small and they do a little a little boost. This is a big mother thing. It'll yeah. it'll extend that <laughs> network like yeah. big time. Well, what what I like like when uh, like David Henry like he had some quotes when the, when the when the device was released and and he kind of hit the nail on the head on our expectation of Wi-Fi. Yeah, like he said that. When you go to a faucet, you turn the faucet, water comes out. When you to go to the switch, you turn it on, the light comes on. Yep. We expect Wi-Fi yeah. everywhere in our home. And mm. with this, if the, if yeah, we're an outdoors, we're an outdoors society. Australians love the outdoors. We love our yards, our, our verandas. We love yep. to entertain. Backyards, so this barbies, is, this pools. Is perfect. Yeah, backyard barbecue by the pool. It's a perfect time of year to release this. And uh, I think uh, if, if you've already got an existing Orbi system, this is really easy to add on. It's like a one button, one push yeah. of one button and you add it to your system. It still keeps your one network name and all that. Yeah. But the the fact that if you do, don't have an Orbi and you want to extend to the yard, this this will still work with your existing router. But uh, Netgear, once again, uh, pretty good at uh, helping us make our Wi-Fi networks even better. Time to stay connected in the outdoors uh, if you've got the uh, the backyard. Because, oh, oh, mate, I'm, whenever I'm on the barbie, I've got music streaming. It's just it's just yeah. what I do when I'm Let in the Let me guess, Farnham? Oh, I've got a nice little playlist. It's ninety percent Farnham, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> who else you listen to? Who else on your playlist? Farnham and who else? Oh, Farnham, no, Farnham, I've and got Farnham. A pretty, pretty vast music taste. Uh, okay. It's just not. If it's doof doof, it's not there. What's the most surprising music that people that you would like? If Mainly, we'd be surprised to hear that oh, you like. Because I do get into modern stuff. If my kids like it, I'll get into it. So okay, yeah. The, you so know, you want to be you the, know, the cool dad. Shotgun. Yeah. My kids love it. So you want to be the cool dad. I'll have that all the time. Yeah. Fair enough. What do you mean? I want to be the cool dad. <laughs> <laughs> I exactly, am exactly that. I am the cool dad. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Two Blokes Talking Tech is uh, proudly supported by Uniden. They've got a great, cool range of products, including the Guardian AppCam X Lite. Now, this combines the best of both worlds here. You've got a sensor light and a security camera. The X Lite has built in ThermoSense, which is Uniden's proprietary technology that can detect both heat and movement, so you're not getting those false notifications. It can film through full HD, so you can view it live or through the app. You can check out your recordings as well, either from the SD card or from a cloud backup. But being a light and a camera in one, it really does help you keep an eye on your home, your holiday house, your business, and that that light also adds to the image quality that you're seeing. So if it uh, detects movement, it turns on the light and then starts filming, you're going to get some good video there. It's also weatherproof, of course, because it's a, it could be put outside anywhere you want. Two-way talk as well. So if someone's in front of the camera, you can actually have a two-way conversation. The two-way audio is really handy. 
The Uniden AppCam X Lite is available now, and you can check it out at uniden.com.au. Stephen, did you ever think that we, when we started this show many, 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 many moons ago, that we would be talking about <laughs> fitness trackers for cows? Why not? I mean, really gets them <laughs> moving. <laughs> Okay, that's okay. That's, that's pretty good. That's, that's, a, that's full, a bit of a dad joke. I think I think full credit to Rob on Twitter for that one because that's exactly the reply he made to my article. Right, but great. this is uh, innovation from the CSIRO, um, and it's not a G app, but it's not actually a Fitbit. It's really just a tracker. Now you know um, cattle get tagged; uh, they put a tag on their ear so they know you know what 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 herd they're from or whatever. I don't know yep. what 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 property they're from. They've created a tag that we don't have the specs for it, but I'm tipping it has solar built in because it looks like it's a little solar panel on the front. It's quite yep. quite a large thing, probably about six centimetres uh, in length and about two centimetres wide, tagged on the ear. <clears throat> but uh, it has solar because it needs battery because it's got uh, GPS. Yep. Uh, it's connected to the mobile network, obviously, because it's constantly uh, so it's pinging like its location. It probably IoT. uses it like a narrowband yes. yeah, IoT. Right. Okay. Um, and it allows a farmer to know exactly where every head of cattle is. Now, farmers uh, in Australia, certainly in other countries, but in Australia, it's a big expense to go looking for your for your for your cattle. Uh, you're either out on the quads, or you're out on the bike, or you're out in the in a buggy, or you've got a helicopter, and you're flying around to actually spot and just check on your cattle. So this allows a farmer, at a glance, essentially, mm. to just see where they are. So now, they, you, you can, can look at on the monitor and you can look see on the monitor, where, where, see where they like, all are. Them. You can see that one's wandered off or been stolen. Okay. You can see that one is it, it could have died. It could just be sitting still and look. It's not monitoring vital signs or anything, but obviously, if it but hasn't move, been active, movement. So if it hasn't been active for five hours and it's stuck in the same spot, then the, the rest of the cattle's moved on. It might be sick. Yeah, right. Um, and just imagine the information that farmers do not have today that they will learn over the course of a very short space of time. Because what they know today is that, oh, they love that, that, that feed over there, and then they move over there, and then mm-hmm. I move them over. Like, they know the basics. But now they'll know which, act, which individual head of cattle are more active than the other, and that mm-hmm. might allow them to separate the more active ones from the less active to, to get the other ones active. Because, you know, the activity of a, of a cow determines the, the marbling of the meat and stuff like that. So there's yeah. huge benefits in, <laughs> you know. Wow. This bloke needs to be sure. just tenderise a bit more. It needs to yeah. move around a bit more. That's my point. Right. Genuinely. So a farmer would a farmer say, "Look, this 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 cow is a bit lazy. He's going to be a bit tough. He's going to be this bloke. This bloke's really food. good. He's been moving around. He's going to be rare. He's going to have two paddocks: dog food and uh, <laughs> what's a what's a big restaurant? Oh. You know. And for you vegetarians listening, well, this has got nothing to do with you. Yeah, but, <laughs> but look, it's a fascinating technology. Now it's odd. It's certainly yeah, not. I've the heard first time. it used on pets. There's a lot of pet um, wearables too, like that. I, I, yeah. It's not the first time I've seen a cattle tracking device. Um, hmm. I'm pretty sure Telstra's part-funded one yeah. like a long time ago. A country but, like Australia, and it's a no-brainer we have one but, of those. But the idea that the CSRI have taken it to like the next level with the, a fully enclosed unit, there's no battery issues, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, it's just a trial they've done in t- near Townsville at a property they run up there. But I just I love it. I love the idea that we could create something that... Obviously, the, the big modelling now is not just what do we learn about the cows and how can it benefit farmers, farming, but how do you benefit farmers financially? Because yeah. each of these tags, like they're obviously reusable. Um, you know, once once you you know re- refresh your herd, yeah. um, if it reduces costs of things like petrol, transport, um, you know, like just the quad bikes, uh, helicopters, whatever it is, if yeah. it's reducing costs, then it's a benefit to the farmer. So there's really interesting mm. modelling and and stuff to be I, done. I on know this. a lot of farmers use drones as well on their properties. So this this could make it easier for yeah. to, they use drones to track the cattle. But now with this, this is, makes it a lot easier. Yeah. To, to that. It it also is a pointer to the future. Um, and we'll talk about five G in a, in a bit. But 
Um, the idea of 5G, as I understand it, is not only that it's uh, it's faster, but there is also a wider range. So a narrow band kind of 5G Internet of Things network should give them the range to... Because the problem with a, with a farmer is, mate, it's all well and good to have a 4G connected cow, but if he's in the paddock, yeah. there ain't no mobile service out there, right? So yeah. that's the big challenge next is what does a farmer need to have in terms of infrastructure in their area or on their property? Yeah. Like it could well be that Telstra and other networks could um, you know, install networks at a property that cover yeah. the property with a narrow band Mobile signal I was that, just thinking that, that can yeah. be utilised because I think I think was it a couple of years ago at, at Mobile World Congress Telstra were they did it they did a narrowband IoT like test case mm. with a, a vineyard remember the, in Tasmania right. so they can remotely check the soil the moisture yeah, and all right. this from anywhere yeah. so that'll be that'll be something they could apply yeah. to the farmers with their GPS fitted cows it's good Fitbit stuff cows. it's a nice uh, nice little uh, development from the CSIRO and uh, good to see Aussie innovation continue Stephen yeah well uh, we're going to talk now about Huawei mm. Huawei not, not last not, week I was in Hawaii. Hawaii this week we're talking Huawei imagine if Huawei from was, was from Hawaii yeah that just it just wouldn't work it uh, I reckon they should have their just to really confuse everyone they should have their next global launch in Hawaii yeah, I reckon. That reckon? actually, it's Global funny. Launch Hawaii. Given given the drama around pronouncing their name, I don't think I don't think <laughs> they want to make it worse. But you know, it's funny. Like when when I was in London for the launch, and yeah, you know, the Huawei staff were there. Yeah. They kind of rolled the H at the start. They they were there. They went, Huawei, Huawei. They were saying, yeah. But we say with a W, Huawei. Yeah. They still rolled the H into the W. Yeah, I think I think so, that is the, the correct pronunciation yeah. is Huawei. Huawei. But, so there's a H into the W. But what? <laughs> Anglicised, they just don't want people saying Huawei. Yeah, because it, it's just complicated. Yeah, absolutely. Are so, they still support? Are they still sponsoring the Canberra Raiders? I think they're still major oh, sponsor. Man. Pretty sure. They're, they're anyway, a lot of Huawei. Well, they, we obviously know them as a smartphone manufacturer and a, and a, a bloody good one at that. The Mate Twenty Pro, excellent device. Mm. Well, now they've ventured into the laptop range, into into the laptop territory. With the MateBook now is that a, is that an X or a ten? What do I say? MateBook I call X. it X. I think it's an X. Pro, MateBook yeah. X Pro. I think with, if it's an iPhone, we say it's a ten. Hmm. But MateBook, we're saying it's an X. Hmm. We'll have to clarify that. But MateBook, we're going to say MateBook X Pro, hmm. and I've got to say, for a first attempt at a laptop, it is really impressive feature-wise, and I think the standout feature, and you've got one here already, the standout feature to me is that thirteen point nine inch. Virtually borderless touchscreen display, which is rare on a laptop. A laptop normally has a larger bezel around the edge, but also at the top, they all make room for a camera. Well, here, no camera at the top. The camera is actually in the keyboard, and we know that you love that feature. Oh, look. So there's a couple of things. The uh, the screen blows my mind. Now, the closest laptop I've seen to this is the Dell XPS 13, uh, which has you know like a two five millimeter bezel around the edge. Um, I am trying to remember, but I think this product was announced at Mobile World Congress because I it went was. to a, was it there? Yeah, because yeah, I went to a briefing where they where they showed us all this cool pop up camera stuff, and uh-huh. it never came to Australia. I think this is really just more about the fact that it's coming to Australia, which is great. But the screen is because it's a thirteen point nine inch yeah, screen, three K screen, and and when you when you compare it to the MacBook Air is a thirteen inch, right? Yep. So size wise. It's the same size as a MacBook Air with a bigger screen. Uh-huh. Like the physical device is the same size, but it's got a bigger screen in it. Yep. Because the MacBook Air, while it has a smaller bezel, way bigger than, than this yeah. this bloody thing. 
Now, the camera being in the keyboard, so if you imagine your function keys, let's say F5 or F6, you tap it, there's, there's, there's this F6, and between F6 and F7 is, is a key, and it pops up. Look, you would never use it. Because it's it's Why? it's take it's a it's a camera angle of your, of your chest it takes up your nose. Yeah, no, you'd have to put the laptop up high on on a ledge to be able yeah. to use it as a decent Skype call. But but has it got oh, like a wide like, angle sort of to, yeah, to create that it's effect? Still, mate, no one wants a photo from un, from the under their, their chin, yeah. right? Oh, but well. I would argue the percentage of people that actually use a camera on a laptop, yeah, very low. Because well, you, you when was like, the last time you used a camera on your laptop? Uh, yesterday. Oh, okay, smart. <laughs> When I FaceTime my wife, I FaceTimed off my my, my MacBook. But uh, but I think having it under the key, because how many times have you seen people that are paranoid? They put the little well, they share the Mark tape. Zuckerberg photo where he takes yeah, up his he camera, up his the camera. And, and now how many other manufacturers have now a feature where you can actually block the camera? There's yeah. a switch where it just puts a little cover over the camera. Yeah. Well, this kind of deals with that as well. So when it's not in use. It's down. It's you, you can't see you. Yeah. You can't so, be you can't be victim to the chicken and corn scan. Exactly, you know? but also too, like if someone, the, the the old, and this has happened, eh? hackers can take control of your camera without you knowing it. Yeah. So your camera might be operating. The so light good on them. All, on. They, all they can see is that I'm tapping away at the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, me too. I wonder if they can see underneath the keyboard. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Well, how they can't make it activate no. to pop up, can they? So it's, if it does it, it by itself, you think, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. You, you would see it for a start, but it, yeah. it can't be activated other, other than pushing right. the button. You actually push the key just like you would a normal key. And it Absolutely. Pops up. Now, uh, this this is also, not only is it the design-wise looks impressive, and let's face it, it does look a lot like the MacBook Air. Yeah. Wedge, uh, that wedge shape it, I, it's I would similar. Argue it looks like most ultra-thin yeah. laptops. Yeah, but it just has that wedge shape yeah. as well. But uh, two USB C, one USB A though, so that's yeah, a, that's a win. Great connectivity and the the power on this thing, the processing power is pretty cool. Long battery life. Yeah, they're saying it's fourteen hour battery life. Yeah, has that been absolutely your experience? Yeah, no, it's been excellent. So uh, really impressive, and the the fact that it can power up really quick. Have you tried this? Seven point eight seconds from when you, know you hit it, the power it, button. And there's a fingerprint reader right, in the button. Did it, yeah, did, did it just now. I put it on the Seven phone. Po- yeah, that up. was pretty yeah. quick. Was it asleep or, or No, it booted up with a Huawei logo on there everything. Yeah, 7.8 seconds. And in sleep mode, it can be up and running in 6.6 seconds. Right. So that's pretty quick. And uh, price-wise? starts at 1899 So uh, yeah, 50 bucks that's, more. That's 8 gig RAM i5. But if you want to go big, you want to go 16 gig RAM i7, you're twenty five ninety nine. Yeah. Space Gray. And Mystic Silver. Mystic Silver is obviously the one I've got. So you got. I um, look. I think it's it's right up there. The Dell XPS 13 is my favourite laptop. I think it's it's just beautiful. The form factor, the yeah, thinness right. of it, the screen, everything's great. I've just received the HP uh, Spectre Portfolio, which is really just nice. Folio, mate. Just Folio. Is it what? What I just thought? Folio. Isn't it the Spectre Folio? Yeah, it's not Portfolio. Oh, did I say yeah, Portfolio? Yeah. It, mate, that's a, that's just an next level. You know device. what I mean? It's like a le- looks like a leather notebook. It's just then, not even comparable to these. Yeah, it is really cool. It's next level, beautiful. The way the yeah. architecture of that thing. There's a lot of great choices for laptops out and, there now, isn't there? But bloody hell, they're expensive. Like well, it's hard to find. The, the spec. You're talking about the Spectres. The well, HP. all of them. Yeah. Like, uh, well, do you consider that expensive? Eighteen ninety nine. Yeah, I think a lot of people are looking for a laptop a thousand. Most of the people that ask me for a laptop recommendation yeah. are not spending a thousand bucks. Yeah, you know, and I think that's. I actually think untapped market. If I was if I was advising Huawei, I yeah. would say, listen, whatever you can do to get this Knock it form factor it, yeah. or very close to it mm. to the nine 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 mark. Okay, so it's an i three or it's an AMD or something, yeah. right? But this form factor, this nicer screen, this nicer keyboard, do, just pair back whatever you have to, and let me see what it looks like. Because mm. okay, so let's say the screen's not as bright. Let's say the uh, 
uh, I don't know, the, the, the quality of the material is not the same. But if you could get something to 999, that's half yeah. the price. Like, grant, grant you that. But it's is, a big market, I think. This, this, is, this is called the MateBook X, X Pro. Pro. So is there a Mate, MateBook X? I believe there is. I don't know the difference. But not available in Australia. So only the Pro is available in Australia? Yes. So well, maybe that maybe that's the, the the sort of part two of the uh, of the rollout is they may uh, bring look, that cheaper one in. I think this is dipping the tie in the water. This, this thing's being yeah. sold at the Microsoft Store in Sydney and Microsoft Online. And you get three hundred offer too before November twenty six if you. Oh, uh, okay. So there's an introductory offer, so Black Friday offer. So yeah. if you're listening to this, what, what's today? The twenty second. So you've got another few four days. You can get it three hundred bucks off at Black it's, Friday special. It, it's a dipping the toe in the water for Huawei. I'm not sure it'll be a monumental success because it's so new and so fresh and laptops are like an annual cycle thing. What I like about it, I think, in a, in a, you know when you walk in a store and they're all lined up next to each other? This will stand out. You People look at that screen That's and go, great. whoa, Spot how, on. what's that? Spot on. So that'll really make it stand but out. Again, the challenge there is getting it into a store. Yeah, well, they need it in yeah, Harvey's. Yeah, exactly. So it's only Microsoft and online. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, well, it's... but. <laughs> We've got to remember, we're at the early stage here. Remember four years ago, Huawei weren't selling phones in telcos, yeah. right? But now they're with Vodafone and Optus. They've got the Mate, Mate 20 in there. So it's the same journey. They need, to, they need to be in for the long game, and they need to commit to that journey. So they need to woo Harvey Norman all the ways that, that you do. Well, I reckon their strategy could also be, you know, they're a smartphone company, right? So their strategy could be put a 4G chipset in that thing, sell it through telcos. Yeah. The next version, go 4G version of it. But again, the majority of laptops... Are being sold through JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman. Yeah. So I, my argument is find a price point. So have this as a premium, yeah. have, a, have a mid-range or low-range, and just get into those stores. Sell their in phones numbers. are available those stores, are they? Correct. Their phones are there. So they've got the, okay. they've got the, they've got the intro. Yep. I think, I think it can be successful. Absolutely. Anyway, the MateBook uh, X Pro pricing details at techguide.com.au and eftm.com. We do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. And as we mentioned earlier, the Orbi Outdoor is now available. The Orbi Voice is coming Orbi is the system you need for your home if you're connected. Now, if you're not connected, I don't know why you're listening to this show. <laughs> um, but everyone's connected these days. And as we mentioned earlier, it's we expect it to work. We expect when you turn on your device, when you walk in the door, that everything will work as normal and be connected. So that's why you need a strong and solid Wi-Fi network. The tri-band mesh network that Orbi creates across your home covers your entire home, not just with Wi-Fi, but with fast Wi-Fi. So the speed that's coming into your home through the modem is replicated and sent out to the entire home. You don't need to replace your existing modem. You just plug the Orbi into your existing modem and you've got yourself one cracking network right across the house. Look them up at netgear.com.au. Now, Stephen, back in uh, March um, in Chicago, Apple launched the, uh, the new iPad. I don't know what it's called. It's just the iPad, uh, the iPad, the nine point seven inch. Yeah, iPad. So the twenty eighteen. It's 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 probably commonly found online as iPad in brackets twenty eighteen, so that uh. people know that it's you know the twenty eighteen model. Yep. So nine point seven inch screen. Nothing nothing majorly different about it form factor wise, but it had Apple Pencil compatibility. Yeah. This was the one they they held the the launch at a school, um, because it was all education based, uh, classroom content, all these Back different to things. School we went. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Good day. And um and the the thing was that it, this was an iPad entry level iPad four hundred sixty nine bucks that had Apple Pencil support. Which now, is one hundred and forty nine dollars. One hundred and forty nine bucks. <laughs> the new one's one hundred and ninety nine. Yeah. But they also showed a product there, which has just become available in Australia, called the Logitech Crayon. Now, this is retailing in Australia at one hundred and nine ninety five, um, and it's it's made for schools because um, there's an end cap to it to protect the uh, the pen nib. Um, it's bigger, so it's it's hard to lose because it doesn't roll off the desk. It's 
it's made kid to friendly. be easy and kid friendly and school classroom friendly. Now it's available now. Here's a couple of really interesting things about this. Firstly, 109 bucks is a lot of money, yep. um, and you know schools struggle to pay for iPads, let alone get accessories for them. So yep. I, don't, I don't want to be anarchy, but private schools might be okay. But the average public school is struggling to buy a yeah. classroom full of iPads, so they're going to yeah. struggle to buy a classroom full of pens, uh, crayons as well. Awesome. Yeah. But it's only compatible. With the 9.7. With the iPad. It's not compatible with the iPad Pro. So will not work with the new iPad. What about last year's iPad I don't Pro? know. But I wrote... How do they do in that? My, in my story, I, because the uh, the press release we got said, you know, works with the with the new iPad 9.7. And I went, ah, oh, you know what they've done? They've taken the March press release in the US. Yeah, and I thought just the same. Used it here, right? <laughs> so I actually wrote that. I said, they've obviously just, you know, carried that over. But obviously there's the iPad Pro, da 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 and they, they emailed me and said, listen, just correction. It only works on the 9.7. Uh-oh. And I went, oh, I, I made an assumption. I really did. Assumption? Yeah, it happens when you assume. No, oh, you make an ass of you and me. There you have it. Um, the I find that fascinating because, A, as you say, how do you stop how it How do you working? stop it riding on an iPad Pro? Now, on an iPad Pro, does it work as just a really thin stylus, you know, like you know, yeah. your, finger, like your finger does? Or does it have any of the features of the Apple Pencil but limited? Because remember, this doesn't have all the features of the Apple do Pencil. Do you have this? No. It'll be we, the or we should get it and uh, oh mate, we have to and test it out. So you got to remember the Apple Pencil has uh, let's call it three key features. You know, obviously the the nib is is narrow and you can tilt the yes. pencil and get get the slant on the like your HB pencil. Yep. You can also push on the pencil and get a get a depth. Yep. So it so has a, a four hundred. What is it? Four thousand and ninety six levels of pressure. Or so you, so you can get different like uh, pressures of different pen or ink, ink yeah, whatever you want. Ink so the crayon, the Logitech crayon, does not have the pressure sensitivity. It only has, but it does have the angle. It does have the shading. Has the shading capability, but not the pressure. Yeah. So that's why it's cheaper, I guess. Um, but how they restrict it to the iPad only, I don't know. Yeah, that's a mystery. And I, I don't want the new Apple Pencil has that double tap feature too, hey? Yeah. And that's that's $199, doesn't yeah. it? And it's not included with the iPad Pro, which is also premium price to begin oh, with. Oh, man, they're taking the piss there. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's solid. Extreme. Solid investment. But so the Logitech has. And how do you charge the Logitech, the crayon? How is that charged? Is it I'm lightning? trying to remember back to March, but I think it might be lightning, lightning as well. Lightning, so because remember the old Apple pencil used to, used to stick, stick out the bottom the of your iPad, you just kill someone with that. Yeah, but I mean, you only, you only whack it in there for five minutes and it's charged anyway. Yeah, it's so, better now, eh? You just put it on the, the yeah, magnetic, magnetic side but that's, of the iPad. that's not for everyone, right? Because it's uh, you know the, it's not the existing iPad nine point seven. Yeah, interesting product. I can't I can't quantify how many will sell because it feels a bit niche to me. Uh, and I think there's probably more. I don't know. There must be more private schools and funding in America for this kind of thing because I, I don't see many Australian schools. Why didn't they? Why didn't they make it ninety nine ninety five? It's hundred and nine ninety five. It's don't you reckon psychologically a customer thought, oh, it's under hundred bucks? Exactly. Why didn't they just do that and Cause make they, it because someone more wanted affordable for, for someone wanted an extra ten bucks. Yeah, I've got no doubt that through an education buyer, you can probably get you know oh, fifty you of them for, yeah. for seventy nine or something. Yeah. But my point is for the av- like the average PNC is yeah. is going. We should get we should get these things and they're and no. they're going. Well, so what? We need a thousand bucks. We got to run a chocolate raffle. No, I will tell you what they'll do. They'll say, you know what? You know those things that we already have. Fingers. It's called an actual pencil. <coughs> no, and you know the paper. things we already have. A piece of paper. Then why don't we do that? Mate, you sound like an old, like an old man. Well, if if a hundred and nine, well, let's call one hundred and ten dollars, is. A lot of money to pay for a product you can buy for a dollar in a shop 
to replicate it on a screen. Yeah, and I know. So, I know. There's all these benefits, but no, no. I th- oh, you're right. How so, are you going to get people to switch when it's such a leap? Correct. So, so the point of an iPad in an education sense is, you know, whether you're doing coding or other yeah. other things, if creativity, well, you know, art and drawing and those kind of things yeah. via the iPad is so important, it must become cheaper. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Well, what what other motivation could you have? Why why why? I know it's. Oh, it's really so, cool drawing on an iPad. You can store it. You can save it. You can make it colourful. I'm going to say I, I can think of two of Jackson's closest mates who are legendary drawers, like really, yeah. really well, great drawers. For and them, it would be an investment. So, sure. so for them, yeah. I, I can see an iPad and the, and the crayon, let alone the pencil, being an amazing investment because as much as sketching and pencils are great, the, those beautiful – like you look at artists uh, like Warren and, and uh, oh, yeah. Boo the Bailey genius. and stuff these yeah. days, the way they do yeah. their drawings now oh. – they're Unreal. just so much better because yeah. they're using computers and they're, f- yeah. you know, fill color and stuff like that. It's just yeah. beautiful. And have been for a while. Correct. Using other tools like <laughs> so, tablets and stuff. So I think that's that 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 pushing kids that way is a great thing. Maybe. But, but you're absolutely right. For the average user. Mate, I'm, I'm, all I'd use the pencil would be I'm, I can't draw mm-hmm. and I maybe doodle a little bit, but I, uh, I'd i only be use it to write things down. What's your go-to doodle when you're in a meeting and you're bored? And you're... Uh, I'd have to be um, the... The hashtag, sort of hashtag, yeah. and so I do at li- lines. Yeah, I right. do, I do lines. Yeah, that says a lot about your personality. The I did a lot of the straight lines, and you do what's at symbols, at so, symbols. so circular. Right. Yeah, I love the idea of the the A being perfect and the, and the circle going around it, like on a okay. keyboard, because we never write it like that. Do when you, you practice, write your email address, you it never looks your like signature an app. Too? Do you practice your signature? Oh, now and then. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> what is your doodle? Let us know on, on uh, hashtag Ziggy Zaggy. Yeah. Take your go-to doodle. Your, take a photo of your go-to doodle. Do <laughs> not take a photo. Your <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's clarify. Let's, cl- let's clarify. We, we don't want, want a photo do... of your doodle. Well, we want a, co- of a, a We do want a photo of your doodle, but it's a doodle your, you did with your what pen. What you wrote down. A Correct. doodle with your pen. Yeah. Correct. Jeez, that's dangerous. Show us your doodle. Dangerous territory. <laughs> wow. Well, how do we get to doodle? Oh, right. We're talking about the crayon. You know, okay. a funny story. No, I, I think I... Yeah, no, I can't share it because it might still be happening uh, about a hashtag. Anyway, so we move on. We move, okay, yes. Remind me to tell you after the show, Steve. Okay, please. <laughs> I'm dying to find out. Can you, tell? Can you tell? <laughs> okay, yes. Now we I know you don't drink hot liquids of any kind, so yeah. this story is probably not you're you're gonna probably just zone out for the next five minutes. I consider it done. Um but <laughs> me me though, I, I I love a cup of tea, I love a coffee. And the the problem with that is that you make your cup of tea, say you're at home, you make a cup of tea, and I normally make a cup of tea at night and I'm working and whatever, I watch TV or whatever, and you sit the mug down and, and after even after a couple of minutes, the, the, the temperature of that tea is going to really drop pretty quickly. Of course. And it goes cold quick. Let's face it, it goes cold fast. And same thing with coffee. Even say if you've got a takeaway cup or whatever, it's going to drop, the temperature is going to drop. But there's a new device that can help you keep your tea or coffee at the same temperature. Is it a keep cup? From the, no, it's, it's a mug. From the first sip to the last drop. Now, it's called the Ember Ceramic Mug. And it has a little bit of technology built in. It's got like a little heating element inside to oh, so it maintain does have, it. So it's not just the material it's made of. Yeah, so it's the material it's made of, and it's got uh, some, some little circuitry inside. It looks like a regular mug. It doesn't look any different to a normal mug. Mm. But it does have this, uh, this little element inside. It also comes with a, a coaster as well, so you can charge it as well. It's own matching charger, coasting coaster charger. But the point is, there's also an app as well, so you can set 
the temperature between 50 and 62.5 degrees. So if you like it really hot, you're sort of obviously towards the 60 mark. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like it sort of less, you know, a bit cooler than that. And you can use the app as well as not only setting that temperature, but also tracking your caffeine intake. Uh, and and you get notifications when it's reached the right temperature for you. So if, if you if you're a fan of your hot beverages, this is a really cool how much product. is a mug like this? It's a hundred and thirty bucks now. It how is, much is a keep cup? A keep cup is about I think twenty twenty five bucks. Okay, keep cup is is Just that's handy, but it, yeah. it's not going to keep your your no. your um, coffee warm. Yeah. But this is designed to be used in an office or at home. This isn't a keep cup. You don't take this to a cafe. Oh, you could I suppose. You'd, you'd need to have enough charge in it for it to to maintain the temperature, but it's got it's a keep cup is typically like a takeaway cup. There's oh, no well, handle, well away, yeah. and there's a lid on top. This doesn't have a lid. It's got a handle and no lid, so it's like a regular mug. So this is more for home or office use, I'd say. It's not not really a keep cup, but, but probably that's their next invention, the Ember, Ember keep, keep cup. cup. Well, this has been a riveting five minutes. There and, you go. Uh, I'm glad I. Well, for those for those of you who love your, your coffee and keeping it warm, then this will be nice because Check it out. it's it's very rare that you. It'll be a different sensation to have finishing off your coffee and it's still at the same temperature as when you started it. That, that's that's impossible up until now. Mind blown. It is. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Check it out, uh, techguide.com.au. Stephen, quickly before we get to your reviews, um, I bagged heavily Telstra some months ago because they keep rabbiting on about 5G and how they've launched it. Um, they've done it again. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them some credit this time because they've they've used, I think, the right language in the release. So, you know, they've built out some, some mobile towers using Ericsson technology in, on the Gold Coast to be ready for 5G. They've tested some um, hardware on 5G networks. But what they've announced is they've tested a device. They call it a form factor device. So it's, it's, it's a thing that maybe looks like an old bloody, you know, basic phone. A brick phone. A brick phone, yeah. And it has in it a Qualcomm chipset, a commercial 5G chipset. So this is a chipset that Qualcomm is looking to actually put into phones now. Yeah. So the next wave of 5G phones will have this chipset in it. Most possibly, yes. Yeah. Uh, and they've they've made a uh, a voice call. Now it's actually a voice data call. So I'm assuming with 5G we we're always using data. I think it's always uh-huh. like Volte. Um So it's always data because they uh-huh. talked about this being voice a, 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 a right. voice yep. a voice uh, call via the data network. Okay. Um, but it's been done. They made a call. Um, using a, a Qualcomm commercial, uh, commercially viable, not commercially available, chipset yep. on their public network. That's groundbreaking. Australia's first 5G call. Absolutely, up on the Gold Coast. Yeah. So that's where I think they set it up before the, for the Commonwealth yep. Games. When they were trying to ambush Optus. Yeah, well, Optus are kind of, they, they shouldered well, they their the, way past the, as well, the, didn't they? Yeah. Optus were the, were the sponsor of the Com Games. Yeah. So Telstra went, yeah, maybe we'll set up everything on the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. But uh, it's exciting to hear this because... Uh, Look, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but it is it is the first step to the to the launch of 5G handsets, which probably, what, you reckon, 12 months, yeah, so 18 months I, Every away? time I write a 5G article, I make the point that we won't see Apple and Samsung yeah. announce a 5G handset in 2019. No. Samsung, maybe at the end of the year, they'll do something just to be just to beat Apple. Um, but you might get a Oppo or you might get some third-tier companies talking yeah. 5G in, in 2019. You'll certainly see a 5G handset at Mobile World Congress, but it won't be... Uh, one of the big guys, I don't think. So what? Like, I think we've got to sort of try to speculate here. The reason it won't be is because what the form factor is just not there. Was the chipset I bigger? I understand is the it, battery's an issue still. Right. Okay. They're, they're trying to they're trying to keep it cool. Trying to like? keep the battery life yeah. or the pat- battery drain. Yeah. From a five G, you know, connected device down. Wow. So that's that's an issue. Um, but also, there's no networks. So you know, yeah. it's it's cart before the horse. Although Telstra says though that they're. <laughs> Up until they've they've started a three year campaign. Totally, 
that'll end on June June next year. Yeah, but we've right? literally only just had the standard confirmed. So now networks yeah. are starting to work on on building their networks. Now is the time to start talking about devices. But essentially, twenty twenty is the year of five G. Twenty nineteen will be the year five G makes it real, but twenty twenty is the year five G makes it big. Does that make when sense? the rubber hits the road, we, we've been how, we've been hearing about five G for three years, Mate, four years. I've only been that. to Mobile World Congress like four times, and, and I've heard about 5G it every time. Every time. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. But I think too that five G is going to be not only good for us as customers, like consumers with making calls and using data on the move, mm. but also too it's going to have a lot of implications for businesses and and industry like companies that are using the 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 latency of 5g like that, that's what I, I when i went to the gold coast for the com games as a guest of optus and they told us all about 5g part of it is not just not just speed and capacity of the network but it's also how fast the network is in terms of latency they were saying that if you send a signal down a 4g network it does take like a half a second to react whereas a 5g it is is almost instant yeah. and so also those little things well the one the one thing i remember in fact it might have been optus too at a, at a headquarter conversation was it's not just about saying, great, your device can now download it at a gigabit per second. Mm. It's, it's actually not that that's the desired outcome. It's the moving people off the network quicker. So if, if you and I are sitting there and we're downloading a, a big bit of content, we're, we're, it's like we're, we're part of a traffic jam on the network. So what you do is you, you move us off the network faster by giving us that content faster and it frees up the network for more people. Yeah. So you, you essentially, build, conveyor belt you essentially build more capacity in the network because of the speed. So, hmm. you know, Sydney to Gosford on the freeway, um, not only would it be a faster journey if you went faster, but you would more cars would take the journey. Yeah. Yeah? So you could handle it. Correct. Because that's one issue with, well, 4G is an issue. If you, you, anyone who's ever been to a footy, to a grand final, the, the, the cells are jammed, is yeah. you, you can't do much. That's it's right. kind of everyone's in a roadblock. In a traffic jam, yeah. sort of gridlock, but five uh, G, anyway. not the case. But also, too, I think it's going to be a uh, people are talking about it as an NBN competitor too. Yeah, totally uh, for Mate, home use. Remember, the NBN's business plan only suggests that seventy five percent of people of households will connect to the NBN. Mm-hmm. So the other twenty five percent, let alone the the double up, there'll be people like me who have both five G and NBN. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. If you can afford it. The thing is, though, yeah, that, that's the thing. Is like, what's it going to cost to have a five G? Yeah. I think Optus or they were already planning on having a home a home yeah. router, the five G router, in so early next year. This January. Is, this to be clear, five G will hit the road next year with primarily home based devices. Yeah, five G five G mobile will rubber hit the road in 2020. That's mm. the difference. Yeah, Big absolutely. Difference. Two blokes talking tech. Um, all that information is at eftm.com and techguide.com.au. Stephen, um, some lighting. Yes, we. Uh, I, I had a look at this. Uh, strip lighting is really cool. Like, you know, we've seen the Philips yeah. Hue. Hue, yeah. Hue strip strips, they're great. And the thing with the Philips Hue, though, you, you need a little bridge. You know how you got to have that yeah. little thing connected to your motor? With the Yee light, now this, this is a, a, a Indiegogo startup. They, they, they sent me an email and sent me the product and Australians can buy it, but... It is not only way cheaper than a Philips Hue light, it doesn't need the the uh, the hub either. So You're you right. can just connect it directly to your network. comes with an app uh, and is really flexible in terms of the lengths you can buy. You can the, you can have add-on strips as well. So say you want a really mm-hmm. long length, you can say buy a two-meter strip and you can buy an additional one-meter strip and simply just plug it into the end of it to make it longer. Yeah. And then if you've gone slightly over what you need, there are points along the strip, which is about a centimeter wide, where there are areas where you can just cut it, so you just cut it when you at the end of the, on these areas. Oh, really? And that that's your limit. So there are spaces there where the circuitry won't. It'll right. just cut off right there. 
Um, really easy to put put up uh, and really easy to connect to your network as well. But what I like about it is it can also be uh, connected to your network and you make it a smart product as well. That's a very popular part of a smart home is lighting. And with this, it's got Alexa and Google Assistant compatibility. You can even connect it to IFTTT as well, so to create some scenarios. So examples of that would be... You know, where... this has been around since uh, 2015. I saw them, it might have been CES Asia. Hmm. Yeah, this is the yeah. I think this is the latest version called Aurora, hmm. is is the latest version of this. But the you know you can use it in some interesting ways. So if you say you set up in your smart home and you want to connect it, you can you know you connect it. You can use it as a this is a use I'm interested in. You can have it in your bedroom alone, and you can use it as like an alarm. So the the, oh, the lighting. What are you going to say? It gets hey <laughs> hey <No>. G bro. <laughs> Dim the lights. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, you could do that as well, but you can have it so that it starts getting brighter, like a sunrise, mm. and will reach peak brightness at the time that you want to wake up. So it's like having a sunrise in your bedroom. I have to wait until I'm in and I get separate rooms for that. <laughs> <laughs> like that is it, alrighty. Uh, but yeah, you can also have it. You know, use it like for a timer. Like yeah. imagine you're a uh, you're a young mum. You got a, your child's asleep. You don't want to have this loud timer going off. So you can you can ask the light to be your timer. So when the, the time runs out, it'll change color or flash or something like that. So so many applications yep. to it. Apart from it just being beautiful, like you have it underneath a entertainment unit or a, or underneath your your breakfast bar in your kitchen. You can really uh, around your curtains. Yep. Can really change the mood and the feel of your home. So oh, lovely. It is it is available through that Indiegogo page, starting at uh, forty five dollars for a two meter strip. $30, this is US dollars too, for a one meter extension. And they also have packs so you can get a six meter, eight meter, and 20 meter pack. So they're starting at 109 US, available through the Indiegogo page. Beautiful. Check out the link at techguide.com.au. Stephen, Plantronics, they make good heads. Yeah, headphones. Plantronics. Now, here's a bit of trivia for everybody. Um, next year, we're going to be celebrating uh, 50 years since man landed on the moon. Did you know yes. that? Yes. And those famous, famous words, words by Neil Armstrong. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind were actually spoken through a Plantronics headset. Wonderful. That is a pretty solid claim to fame, isn't it? It is. So they've been around for that long. Yeah. They know what they're doing in terms of audio headsets and audio quality. And they've uh, got a new range of Backbeat Go and Backbeat Fit mm. headphones and earphones. And wireless, of course, very durable for your if you're either you're training. But the one I'm going to focus on today is is the, the Backbeat Go 410. Now, these are noise-canceling earphones. And so they, they, there's, a, there's a band that goes around your neck, and that contains the battery and the noise-canceling circuitry, let's say. And then, then you, 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 the lightweight earphones go in your ear. You've got your inline controller as well. So perfect if you're on a plane. And with the new iPad Pro, I use this on our one way over, new iPad Pro doesn't have a headphone jack. So I wanted to listen to the iPad Pro and still have noise cancellation, and this paired beautifully got the noise cancellation. But what it can also do, if you want to listen to the to watch the in-flight entertainment, you can also there's a USB cable you can connect through the micro USB port, the charging port, and then on the end of that is a an audio jack, a 3.5 headphone jack, and also the the plane plug, so you can then listen to the movie. Movie on the in-flight entertainment system. Very nice. So uh, a really handy device. Did that you one. see any on the fl plane that we should be watching? Um, no, I didn't. I, I, just, I just watched all my own content. I may have time. neglected to download anything for the flight home tonight. Anyway. Oh well, you're going to be sleeping most of the way anyway. Yeah, mate, I will so. actually. Yeah, good yeah. point. 
so How yeah, much? this uh, two hundred and thirty-nine bucks. Okay, which is uh, not too bad. Let me just confirm that. Active I think noise cancelling. They are, yeah, ANC the whole bit. So, How uh, good is it? Yeah, it is good. I'll be honest; it's not quite as I'm used to using the QC. Because we were talking, 20s. we're talking in the office. Uh, John has been reviewing a set of over-ear Plantronics. Yeah, sorry, and, they're one ninety nine ninety nine under two hundred. There, he was saying it was it was good, but maybe not great. And I said, well, so so here's the thing: it's it's critical when you're looking at these products that you go. Well, we know that Sony's probably got the best over-ear, and Bose very very t- tightly yeah. behind it in terms of noise cancelling. If they're a ten or a nine and a half ten. Yeah. You just got to say, where is this? Because it's a price scale, yeah, right? I think you know well, the, you can't expect QC twenty style noise cancelling, of course, from something that's they're half four, the price. They're four hundred dollars. Those yes. speakers. These are one nine nine by the yeah. way, so they're under two hundred. And if the Bose is a ten, I reckon this would be a solid seven and a half. Yep. So and it's a, they're half the price. Yeah. 100%. Also in their range, and I have I'll be reviewing these individually. Is the the Backbeat Go eight hundred, which were the over the ear noise cancelling headphones, yep. Plantronics. Uh, I think that very smartly they're, they're they're trying to offer value here because yeah, totally. you buy a pair of Bose headphones or, or Sony's. The, the, what do they cost? They're like five hundred bucks. That's right. So with the I'm trying to find it now. The uh, the Backbeat Eight Go Eight Hundred uh, is and I'm trying to find the price here two hundred and thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah. So that's. Less than the half price, right? yeah, over yeah, is. That, and, and look at them; they look really nice. They no, got, no, they got nice little copper yeah, no, accents. We've got a full review at beautiful. EFTM.com. Yeah. They, mate, they're great. They are good for the price. Way, way better value. Yeah. So if you're looking for, you don't have to break the bank to get a decent pair of noise canceling headphones. Yeah. Is the point here? All right, check it out. Techguide.com.au, Stephen. Um, we've got to fly home tonight. We do. And um, back to reality. Back to the. Back to the grind, mate. Until then, back to the grind here. We'll get some work done here. We'll get the podcast up for you to listen to, which is what you're doing now, obviously. I uh, didn't really need to say that. It's <laughs> uh, like writing a letter. Okay, I've got to go now. Isn't that, you know, when back in the day, you never had a pen pal, of course. You had no friends when you were younger. I still don't. <laughs> but even an email, when someone says, okay, I've got to go now. And when you get it, they've already gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's kind of what you just did there. Got to upload it. It's already uploaded. They're listening to it. Are you with me, or have I lost you? Again? Are you with me? I'm just tuned okay. out. Yeah, it's been great. <laughs> Thanks, Korea. Thanks, Thank Samsung. Uh, we'll Good Korea move. I wanted to put that in there. And someone else said to me, "I hope you find your soulmate over there." Well, this is awkward. Yeah. Did you? Because well, you no. had your wedding anniversary. While I did. We were I did. Here, yeah, I had my wedding anniversary. Yes. Happy, Shout happy out anniversary Joe. to Joe. Congratulations yeah. on putting up with him for 26 yes, years. She deserves a medal for that. I would think uh, a lot more than <laughs> a Louis Vuitton bag, perhaps. Yeah. I hope she's not listening. Mate, <laughs> get less for murder. Yeah, 26 years married. We've been together 31 years, you know, would you believe? 31 years. I don't know. Years. We met when we were two years old. I don't know what you've got on her, but it's obviously... <laughs> Mate, she won lotto when she met me, mate. <laughs> was the jackpot? And I say to her, the jackpot I won, go off I won the week pa- before? I won Powerball. Yeah, she won lotto. I won Powerball. Jackpot went off the week before, and then she got you no, that. No. For, you know that. You know you win. You win lotto, and it's like eighty one, million. Yeah, I was the three million. Yeah, yeah she one, got the eighty million. You got the one million. The bloke before you got eighty-five <laughs> billion. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Thanks to Netgear and Uniden. Uniden. See you on the plane, Stephen. See you. Then.